Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers did make several trades on Tuesday at the trade deadline. Unfortunately, none of them were major, and it was more of a deadline. We will talk uh, about the two big-name pitchers that the Dodgers missed out on uh, for two different reasons, neither of which are really their fault, uh, but they still missed out on them, so we'll talk about that. We will analyze and evaluate the overall trade trade deadline as a whole. And then, oh yeah, there was a baseball game tonight too, and the Dodgers won, and uh, some of their new newly added acquisitions contributed pretty well in that game. So lots to talk about. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We, we also bring you the... Uh, Man, I don't remember how to talk anymore. This trade deadline wore me out. Look, we're big Dodger fans, we're smart fans, blah, blah, blah. We're glad you're here. Let's talk about the Dodgers. Trade deadline was, uh, first, let's talk about Sleeper. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, the trade deadline came and went, Vince. Yesterday on our mailbag, somebody asked uh, how, if we thought the Dodgers would make two or more trades. And uh, we said we did expect at least two trades. And we were right. The Dodgers made either three or four trades uh, on Tuesday. Uh, unfortunately, all of them were uh, guys who, three guys who had been DFA'd and one guy who was DFA'd earlier this season. Uh, all of them traded for cash considerations. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, they looked more like sellers today than buyers. Uh, not all their fault, though, because the Dodgers tried to buy. Uh, their two two top-level pitchers got traded on Tuesday. Um, Justin Verlander got traded by the Mets to the Astros, and Eduardo Rod well, no, two guys almost got traded. Verlander did get traded, and the Tigers agreed to trade Eduardo Rodriguez to the Dodgers, uh, and then he invoked his no-trade clause. So, in the end, you had Verlander who had a no-trade clause and wanted to go back to the Astros. So he used his no-trade clause to uh, to get sent back to the team he wanted to go to. And Eduardo Rodriguez used his no-trade clause to stay in Detroit, which I, I can't imagine any using any contract clause to stay in Detroit. But you know what? Uh, he wanted to be on the East Coast from what we've heard or closer to the East Coast, a little bit closer to Florida. Maybe it has more to do with time zones as far as uh, his family watching on TV from Florida, maybe that's something that uh, I think maybe people underestimate, you know, when you're playing on the West coast and your family lives on the East coast, they don't get to watch you play very often. So, you know, whatever the reasons Eduardo Rodriguez chose to nix the trade. And uh, so the Dodgers ended up getting nobody. And uh, Andrew Friedman said, basically the way they had set up earlier be leading up to the trade deadline 
making moves around the margins that we've talked about. And we'll talk more about those in the second segment today that allowed them to focus on the high end stuff. And they fully expected to get a deal done for Verlander or Rodriguez, or maybe Dylan Cease, or maybe Mitch Keller in the end. Verlander was the only one of those that got moved and he wanted to go to the Astros and the Dodgers are left out in the cold. Yeah, it was, you know, we're going to preface everything by saying that the trade deadline was a disappointment because the Dodgers didn't get what they needed in terms of a big name starting pitcher. But again, it's not entirely there. Now you can believe it's, you know, Andrew Friedman's fault that he was negotiating the Rodriguez trade, knowing that he had a no trade clause and there was no guarantee. You know, he said that they were under the, they didn't believe they, they were under the impression that he was not going to do, you know, reject the trade basically. Um, and with Verlander, it was more of him wanting to be in Houston more. So he might've been using that in the Mets to the, towards the Mets of I'm only going to wave this if it's to Houston. I don't know if that's entirely what he said, but at least that's, kind of the gist of he wanted to be there more because if it all came down to, you know, if there was no, no trade clauses, I think the Dodgers would for sure have one of these two because they would have been able to offer a better package than the Astros did to the Mets. And they obviously had to deal in place already with Tiger. So they had the right package uh, to send over there. So it's hard to be a hundred percent upset because like I said, they had the agreement for one pitcher and he said, no, and they would have had a better deal for the other pitcher, but he wanted to go back to Houston. Now you can quibble with them not, you know, stepping up for Mitch Keller or Dylan Cease or believing that that they spend a lot, you know, most of their time on the Rodriguez thing. If you know, if that's we don't we I saw a lot of people speaking in absolutes saying they were wasting their time with that when we don't really know how much time the Dodgers spent making that deal or anything of that nature. So there's no way we can speak in absolutes. Yeah. Um what we do know is that they tried, that the agreement didn't work out. And when it comes to like Keller and Cease, it's one of those where we don't know what they were asking for. Uh, you know, the, all the reports were just that they were asking for a lot. And at some point you can't just pay the price just because you, you your fans or you want to pay the price that, you know, you have to be cognizant of the situation. And I think that's what ended up happening with the Dodgers. Yeah. And, and it's entirely possible and probably even likely that, the Pirates and White Sox were like, any deal starts with Bobby Miller, you know, or maybe even Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya. And, you know, the Dodgers aren't going to make a trade like that when Bobby Miller is currently a big part of their current rotation. And so, yeah, Dylan Cease is better right now than Bobby Miller, uh, but not enough better to make it worth giving him and other prospects up to when it's just, it's not actually adding to the rotation, it's just replacing guys in the rotation. So, you know, that that's, and like you said, we don't know who they asked for, but that's a really easy example of something that it would have been the correct move for Friedman to say, all right, well, if that's your starting point, a deal, a deal's not going to be made here. Yeah. And again, we, we, I was to the point where basically everyone, but Bobby Miller was untouchable for a guy like Dylan Cease, um, you know, Keller, maybe not as much there. Uh, there might've been a couple more guys that would not have wanted to trade for Keller, but like for Cease, you know, even if Cartaya had been part of it, I think with Will Smith and rushing and, you know, a few years down the line, Jesus Galiz, like they would have been fine, um, you know, but it's a matter of, we don't know. We don't know. And it's hard for us to be out here speaking in absolutes when, we really don't know what, what it was going to cost for them. So, yeah. 
And, and the fact is, if we look at the guys who did get traded at this trade deadline, you know, moving past the guys who didn't, we know why Rodriguez didn't. We don't know why Keller and Cease didn't. But the guys who did get traded, Verlander is really the only one who got traded who I wish was on the Dodgers right now. You know, I mean, Scherzer got traded and Scherzer would definitely be an upgrade, but Scherzer's had a rough year. And even when Scherzer was great, we saw that he's, you know, he didn't lead the Dodgers to a World Series title, you know, um, and, and, you know, we'll probably talk more about that concept in the next segment where we're kind of evaluating the trade deadline overall. Uh, but, you know, Jack Flaherty went to the Orioles. I didn't want him. Jordan Montgomery went to, where did Rangers. he go? Rangers. Um, yeah. And Montgomery would have been fine, but you know, he's not a game changer. The, after they got Lance Lynn, the Dodgers needed somebody who would actually move the needle. If they were going to make a trade, it needed to be a guy who was going to make an impact in the postseason. And Verlander, I think is the only guy who got traded, only pitcher who got traded who you can say that he's an impact player in the postseason. And even him, he's what one in seven in his career in in the world series, uh, you know, and, and doesn't mean he hasn't pitched well, you know, he lost to the Dodgers, in 2017 of the World Series, should have had two losses in that series. Uh, and but you know, he pitched really well in those games. So Verlander's a very good pitcher, even when he uh, struggles in the postseason or at least doesn't get wins. So I would have loved to get Verlander, but he wanted to go to Houston. And so, you know, I, I guess that's a thing people want to do. I can't imagine looking at the calendar and saying, hey, it's August. I want to go to Houston. That sounds fun. Let's go to Houston in August. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Houston in general is just, yeah. I've been there a couple times. I actually like it in the spring. It's pretty pretty um, if you go to the right parts. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, real quick, just they could have had Flaherty. They could have had Giolito. They could have had Lorenzen. They could have had all these guys that got traded that you mentioned. But you're upgrading for the rest of the regular season, and you're not necessarily getting somebody that's, you know, going to guarantee you anything in the postseason, which is what. Uh, fans like to speak about in the absolutes of, oh, he's going to help. You know, we don't know. Ryan Yarbrough, who they did trade for, who I haven't mentioned yet, could be a guy that pitches six innings in the postseason like Tyler Anderson did last year. And we, you know, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back in a second. We will kind of evaluate the trade deadline overall, talk more about Yarbrough and the trade, the trades that they did make earlier uh, leading up to the deadline. So thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen and please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. You want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Uh, look, the Dodgers tonight face a pitcher by the name of Hogan Harris, who may be a Dr. Seuss character, may be uh, a pitcher for the A's. Uh, either way, he throws with his left hand, and I think Mookie Betts is probably going to hit a home run against him. You think Mookie Betts is going to homer off Hogan Harris? Well, Go to Sleeper, and you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Uh, if you look at the, the screenshots on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, it's a really easy interface to use. Uh, great fantasy sports thing that really plays on your knowledge of baseball, and you can put that knowledge to work and actually get pretty good payouts playing this fantasy baseball game. So if you use promo code locked on, you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 States. Check out sleeper today.
All right, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodger your first listen every weekday morning. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you, hear from you through email or social media or whatever. We'll give you all that contact info at the end. I want to remind you, if you can't catch tonight's Dodger game on TV, if you can't uh, see Mookie Betts' homer off Hogan Harris, you can at least hear it on the radio on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, so, yeah, trade deadline is done. The Dodgers, we, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Vince, but I think it bears repeating that if it wasn't for the expectations, the, the Dodgers addressed all of their needs. The Dodgers went into this trade deadline definitely needing starting pitching, especially somebody who could go deep in games to help their bullpen uh, not get worn out. They needed a little bit of bullpen help, and they needed help against left-handed pitching. And the four trades they made made before Tuesday, Lance Lynn, who we'll talk about in the third segment because he made his Dodgers debut on Tuesday night and uh, looked really good for the most part. Uh, they got him. He is definitely going to provide innings. Uh, we saw it on Tuesday. He went seven innings. That's kind of what you expect from him, six or seven innings, three or four runs. And he's not going to be a world beater, but uh, that is hugely valuable on a team like the Dodgers. Uh, they they got Joe Kelly for help in the bullpen, and they got Kike Hernandez and Ahmed Rosario to help with uh, batting against left-handed pitching. And and then on Tuesday they did they got rid of some dead weight guys who had already been DFA: Justin Brule, Phil Bickford, somebody else. Oh, uh, Eddie Eddie's Leonard. Um, and then Adam Kalarik, who had been DFA'd earlier and outrated to AAA, traded all those guys for cash considerations, uh, but brought in Ryan Yarbrough from the Royals, uh, gave up maybe a little bit more than you might have thought. Uh, they got, gave up Devin Mann and uh, another younger guy who's – I can't remember his Last name. Derlin Figueroa. I don't remember. Derlin Figueroa. Um, and uh, that's funny. I remember the first time you re- – you remember the last name. So between that's why we have two hosts here, folks, so that we can eventually remember a guy's name. Um, but, you know, Ryan Yarbrough is an interesting trade. We'll see. The Dodgers must see something in him. Uh, he has been decent this year, but his best games have come against the worst division in baseball. He's been pretty bad against teams that aren't in the AL Central. But, you know, the Dodgers probably see something in him, including maybe eating innings. And, and maybe that's valuable enough. Uh, maybe, you know, we talked last week about who's going to lose their rotation spot. And you can make a case for a few of the rookies uh, to lose a rotation spot. And so maybe maybe they're planning on uh, giving both of those rookies a break just for innings reasons or whatever. Um, but yeah, overall, Vince, like other than the disappointment of not getting a big-name pitcher, at least for the regular season, I feel like the Dodgers did a pretty good job addressing their immediate needs. Yeah, like, like we talked about, they made the moves around the margins. They made the team better. Now, they made the team better, more so on the projections of what we think and what they think, more so than the actual production so far. But, you know, again, it's also all relative. Like Ahmed Rosario and Kiki Hernandez were some of the worst hitters in baseball this year, in, or worst hitters and defenders. But the Dodgers aren't going to hit them a lot against right-handed pitching, which is where they can't hit. And Ahmed Rosario is not going to play a lot of shortstop, where, where he played. And Kiki Hernandez is not also going to play a lot of shortstop, which is where he had struggles playing. So, you know, that there. Lance Lynn, you know, hasn't been good in terms of ERA and giving up homers, which he had issues, you know, homer giving up homers was his issue in his debut with the Dodgers. But 
he can give the Dodgers length, which is what they need because their bullpen is throwing five, six innings just about every game some day, some days or some weeks. And, you know, with the Arboro, same thing. He's gone seven innings, six innings, five and I think two-thirds his last three starts. Yes, they were all against the AO Central. Caveat, Eduardo Rodriguez is a much better pitcher than Ryan Yarbrough, but Eduardo Rodriguez also has big splits between pitching against the AL Central and pitching it against the rest of the league. So, you know, yes, you're going to be better against worse teams. And as we saw with Lance Lynn on Tuesday against the A's, like the Dodgers are going to play some bad teams the rest of the way. They still need to get through the regular season. This may not be a move. You know, I don't know if Ryan Yarbrough is going to get a game, a start in, in a playoff series. But he's going to have a few starts against bad teams and a few starts against good teams the rest of the way. And as long as those starts against the bad teams are pretty solid and the starts against the good teams are halfway decent, then, that, you know, that's an upgrade for what they had before with 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 what you don't know with Michael Grove and Emmett Sheehan. You know, we don't know how he's going to fare with with extra innings added on as the season continues to go on. So, yeah, they made the upgrades small here and there. But it, it at the end of the day, the team got better from where they were before. And now you take a little bit less of the burden off some of these young pitchers. And you're also banking on some positive things to happen, which is Julio bouncing back and Clayton Kershaw coming back and staying healthy the entire season. Now, last year, we know that they banked on some of that things happening in terms of health and in terms of bounce back. It didn't quite work out the way they wanted. But again, you're in a spot where you're in first place. You made your team better. You had a, a deal in place for one of the top pitchers that was available and it just didn't work out. Yeah. And like you said, the Dodgers got better and it's important to note that they got better. And at the start, before they got better, they were in first place. Like the Dodgers, these moves will help them uh, hopefully win their division and make the postseason. And then once you're in the postseason, if there's one thing we know as Dodger fans, it's that making a big splashy trade deadline move doesn't guarantee you postseason success. You Darvish in 2017, didn't guarantee postseason success. He helped them get to the postseason and, you know, and pitched okay sometimes in the postseason, but, you know, also struggled really badly. And, you know, there may have been uh, underlying reasons for that. 2018, Manny Machado. Dodgers probably don't get to the postseason without him, but he struck out to end the World Series that the Dodgers lost. You know, 2021, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner uh, didn't help them do anything. Uh, you know, it, it's – there's not – a guarantee that making a huge splash at the trade deadline. If you look at, you know, in 2021, it was Eddie freaking Rosario was the big kill, Dodger killer for the Braves. Eddie Rosario was not a move at the trade deadline that people thought was a game changer. And yet the Braves got Eddie Rosario at the trade deadline. They got Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson and Adam Duvall, I think all at the trade deadline. And they ended up all contributing hugely in the postseason. Uh, and you know, in 2019, it was Howie Kendrick for the Nationals. Hadn't been a trade deadline thing, but it wasn't the big name. And obviously, Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon both had the home runs against Kershaw in, in the NLDS that we don't want to talk about. But Howie Kendrick hit the game-winning homer in that game, and Howie Kendrick had a huge homer in the World Series. You know, when 2018 it was Steve freaking Pierce for the Red Sox. Like you haven't, you had never heard of Steve Pierce before that year, and you haven't thought about him since that, since then. But I think he was the World Series MVP. Like, and so. You don't need to, and obviously you want the best team possible, but the Dodgers have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Will Smith and JD Martinez. They have big stars. Uh, and you know, on the pitching side, they have potential to have stars, but not doing something huge at the trade deadline doesn't mean they can't have success in the postseason because the postseason is all about getting there and then 
not going 0 for 20 with runners in scoring position and getting those big hits. In 2020, the Dodgers got the big hits. Remember, they were scoring with two outs constantly that postseason, just huge hits. Corey Seager, different guys getting huge hits. Um, but you know, two of the biggest hits in that NLCS came from Kiki Hernandez and Cody Bellinger, both of whom had struggled pretty bad during the season. And so it's all about the right guys stepping up at the right time. And the biggest, the most important factor is getting to the postseason, having that opportunity for the guys to step up. And the fact is this trade deadline definitely improved the Dodgers chances of getting to the postseason, even if they didn't improve those chances as much as getting Justin Verlander would have. Yeah. It's always funny to me how like, you know, if Dodger fans are disappointed at this deadline because the Dodgers don't have the pitching to win in October, don't have whatever. And also when the Dodgers do have the best team on paper or do have go into the postseason with the best roster and then lose, it's like, you know, oh, blah, blah, they need to struggle. They weren't built for October. Yeah. Like you can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. There's no, you know, rhyme or reason. The the Dodgers, I mean, 2017 is always going to suck because the Dodgers should have two World Series in this stretch that they've had the last, you know, 10 years making all making playoffs every year. That changes the dynamic of it a little bit. I think, and, and, you know, kind of would help out, but regardless of that, like the, we don't know. The Dodgers have lost to teams that are way worse than that, that 2019 year. The Nationals had the worst bullpen in baseball. And then they had a bullpen that ended up doing the job in October when it mattered. Like we don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, you just need to get in and you get in and that's all you can ask for. Yep. And I, I just to be clear, we are coping here a little bit where neither of us is happy that the Dodgers didn't get Justin Verlander or happy that they didn't get Dylan Cease. We would have loved for that to happen. We're just kind of pointing out that it doesn't mean that things are hopeless. It doesn't mean that the Dodgers have no chance of winning the world series. Uh, they still have a pretty darn good chance because they still have a pretty darn good team and uh, they have a good chance of getting to the postseason, And that's the first step. We're going to come back in a second. The Dodgers actually played a baseball game after the trade deadline was done against the A's. They won the game. Uh, Lance Lynn, Kike Hernandez, and a few other guys who've been around a little bit longer than them contributed pretty well. We're going to talk all about that, so please keep it locked on, Dodgers. We are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can always catch the Dodgers radio broadcast. If you can't catch the game on TV, you can catch the radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. And you can catch this podcast on the app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, we want to thank all of our everydayers for being with us every day. If you're not an everydayer, it's super fun to be an everydayer. You get to listen to us every day or watch us. So uh, just be with us and you don't have to be every day, just do your best, you know, but uh, we try to put out some good content for you every weekday morning. Our goal is about a half hour so that you can listen to it on your commute to work or while you're getting ready in the morning or whatever. Uh, and so we're here every, every day and you might as well be too. Um, the Dodgers played on Tuesday night. Lance Lynn made his Dodgers debut. He went seven innings, allowed three runs on three solo home runs, two of which came in the seventh inning. Um, and, and so, Overall, like seven innings, three runs, it, it's it's great. We'll take it. It's not mind-blowing. You know, it's you're not going to look at it and say, this guy's a game changer, especially when it's against the A's. Um, but it was exactly what the Dodgers needed. And, and realistically, uh, Lynn could have gone eight innings. Uh, they didn't necessarily need him to with the day off, but 
you know, I wouldn't have minded seeing him come back out for the eighth, but after giving up two home runs in the seventh, I get why they didn't. Um, but we, we said when the Dodgers got Lynn, if he can give them six or seven innings and allow three or four runs, the Dodgers are going to win most of those games. And the Dodgers only had to use Caleb Ferguson and Bruce Dargraderall in this game, which means they have uh, six rested relievers ready to pitch tomorrow if necessary. And, you know, going, going forward, having a guy go seven innings helps out everybody in the bullpen. What we said from Lance Lynn was we needed length uh, in the rotation, and seven innings is length. The fact that he only gave up three runs is also a benefit. and But also the fact that those three runs came on three solo home runs when home run, giving up home runs is his issue so far this season is you know something to still be cautious about as they move forward. But again, with the Dodger offense, as we expect it to be, you know, putting up at least five runs a game, you know, on average. If Lance Lincoln goes six or seven every time out, giving up five or less, the Dodgers are going to have a chance in all those games. And that's all we can really ask for to get through the season. Anything more than that, whether, you know, Lance Lynn improves significantly or, you know, the Dodgers, he did have a little bit of a change in his pitches though, in, in, in terms of how he distributed them. He had throw a lot more forcing fastballs and a lot more curveballs, um, you know, which have his forcing fastball. He was already throwing it a lot, but he threw it even more this time. Got a lot of swing and misses on it. He threw the curveball a lot more, which was actually one of his better pitches this season in terms of results. He just doesn't throw that often. Um, so, you know, maybe those little changes can help here and there. But for your first start and for it to be against a bad team and for you to still pitch relatively well, that's exactly what the Dodgers needed. And, you know, then his next start will be against the Padres. Obviously, that'll be a lot different uh, in terms of the lineup he's facing. But again, they went a game where they only had to use two relievers. And because the offense put it away, they didn't have to use one of their main relievers or at least Evan Phillips in that last inning, they were able to use Gratterall. So, Yep. And uh, besides Lance Lynn, Kike Hernandez made a big impact. He had a three-run double with two outs in the fourth inning to put the Dodgers up four to nothing, uh, which was huge. And the other four runs were driven in by James Outman times two, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Those guys have been around a while and been contributing. Outman's two RBIs came on a bases loaded hit by pitch and a bases loaded walk. Uh, Mookie had a home run, and then uh, Mookie had a double later, and Freddie had an RBI single, his fourth hit of the game, to drive in Mookie. So this really was a, a game showing the contributions from you know pretty much everybody. Med Rosario hit the ball hard a couple times, didn't uh, do much, but he did also shift over to shortstop later in the game after the Dodgers pinch hit for Miguel Rojas. Uh, and all in all, it was it, it was a great team win. It, you can say, yeah, it was just the A's. Well, the A's were the team on the schedule, so that's who the Dodgers played, and they scored more runs than them, and that's what we're looking for. And uh, they get to face Hogan Harris today, so hopefully they can continue doing that. Second straight uh, lefty that nobody's ever heard of who has an ERA in the sixes, uh, and the Dodgers did okay against the first one. Hopefully they can do even better against Hogan Harris. And, uh, yeah, I mean – We'll take it, right? Yeah, like you said, you can only play who's on your schedule. And if you're going to play a bad – like, it's one of those where why get – why have and feel any type of way about the Dodgers? Oh, it's just the A's. They won. If they had yep. lost, you're not going to say, oh, it's just the A's. Or you're going to be upset that they lost to the A's. So why not be happy when they beat the A's? Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, again uh, – Good contributions all around. It was good to see Mookie get that ball and get it out of the park. Good to see Freddie back on track. Will Smith has, 
He struck out, what, four times? He's been yeah. scuffling a little bit lately. I saw some people thinking, you know, maybe they've had to use him too much, but we all think that they don't use him enough, so who knows what, what the issue is. Uh, but he goes through slumps, and he'll he'll find his way out of it. Yeah, it would be nice if they had a reasonable backup catcher to give him a day or two off, you know, and to try to snap out of it. We don't know. He was wearing a bigger elbow guard on that left elbow today. Don't know if the left elbow is still bothering him. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a typical Will Smith day. I, I said on Twitter, if I told you between Will Smith and Chris Taylor, one of them is going to strike out four times a night and the other one's going to walk four times a night. I said it would take you four guesses to get it right because you wouldn't believe me the first two times I told you you were wrong. Um, yeah, but yeah, Chris Taylor walked four times. Will Smith struck out four times. But the Dodgers won. And as Lance Lids said uh, about six times in his three-minute scrum with the reporters after the game, we won the game, and that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, I like that approach. So I think that does it for us today, right? Yeah. Just remember, if you want to be upset with what happened at the deadline, be upset. That's, you know, it's it's we're not happy about it, but we're going to try to find the positives in it because why focus on the negatives? Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm a positive guy, and, and I, do, I, I don't even have to lie to myself. The Dodgers still have a lot of really good players, and they did get better, and they were already in first place when it started. So I like their chances to get to the postseason, and then anything can happen, good or bad. So that'll do it for us for today. Uh, thank you all. Thank you, our everydayers. Remember, the Dodgers take on the A's again tonight. You can catch that game on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since ninety one. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is three two three eight six three lock five six two five. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car or sit on your couch. Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers, and remember, you don't have to agree; you just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.